welcome to Talent Bus, where I talk with SaaS companies on how they are doing their talent acquisition. Today, I'm talking with Ohad Parush from Gong. Uh, he's responsible of Gong's R&D, and they have scaled their R&D team from 30 to 300 people in less than three years. And in this episode, we talk how they did it. And let's start the episode from what is day-to-day life of their R&D team and what their team is actually doing. As the chief R&D officer, I'm in charge of uh, three areas. Um, it's engineering, it's research, and security. So security uh, reports into me. Um, essentially, we are in charge of... Um, First of all, building the platform that Gong runs on, um, developing the applications on top of it, um, enhancing it with a lot of AI, um, and our AI comes in many forms. We can elaborate on that um, later on, and also ensuring that everything is done in a secure manner um, in the sense that uh, we both follow uh, security best practices, that we monitor the system, that we have uh, the right auditing and the right processes and, and, and certifications around it. So in a sense, this is everything that R&D does. Uh, and, and it's quite a lot because, you know, when we serve so many customers, we have thousands of customers, then we need to ensure that uh, the platform is stable, sustainable, that it's uh, reliable, that it has the relevant backups, that it can withstand, you know, peaks and lows and, and everything like that. Uh, Gong product is highly reliant on AI and machine learning. So there's a lot of work around building these these uh, uh, models and then running them at scale. And the overall, you know, the, the, the number of applications that we have is is also very, uh, very wide. And it's, you know, we have uh, uh, quite a few applications. So ensuring that everything runs, that the usability, functionality, responsiveness, all of that is, uh, uh, is maintained at the highest level. Um, you know, one of the operating principles that we believe in at Gong is that we don't want just satisfied, satisfied customers. We want raving fans. And raving fans means that uh, um, we want people to, uh, to, look at the, uh, to look and use the applications that we have and uh, be, not only be excited, but be, uh, you know, awed by, by the applications. And, and to some extent, we were, we're able to achieve that. Um, and... And to do that, it all needs to come together. You need to develop a trust with the customer around security and data because we, we hold very sensitive data. It needs to be stable. It needs to be reliable. It needs to be responsiveness. And the applications just need to be, you know, what the customer needs, easy to find, easy to use, and easy to implement and bring real value to the customer. So in a sense, this is what we try to do there. Interesting. I, I just wrote down the raving fans part because I think that was super, super great. Like we are as well, like super kind of customer oriented and like really making sure that customers are getting values. Customers are super happy. Customers buy more, stay, stays as a customer. But I think kind of the mindset of moving towards like making sure that your customers are kind of raving fans of your company or your product, it really, really makes a big, big difference. Yeah. Correct. I, I agree. And, and you know, it's, yeah, uh, Amazon calls it being customer obsessive. Uh, we're obviously, you know, we care about our customers, but it's not only obsession. It's about making sure that, that uh, uh, you know, our mission is to use reality and reality-based applications to enhance your capabilities, 
um, to create a better version of yourself. You know, that's what we aim our products to be. And when, you know, our customers appreciate it because when we help them through our applications to become better salespeople, better, uh, you know, individuals to do their work better, um, you know, they're captivated, they're addicted. And, and that's kind of the best feedback that you can get from a customer. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, let's let's go back back to the kind of your team and maybe a little bit deeper on that. But you mentioned that there are kind of those three parts that you you are responsible. Kind of how how big the team is and like how the team is structured, like then kind of below you. Yeah, um, that's that's uh, you know the obvious question, obviously. So so you know the the R and D now and security. I think we're just below three hundred people here at Gong. Um, we have several groups. Uh, we obviously, you know, I'll start with the security and research. There's a large group of security, I think around 20 individuals. Research is also around 40. You know, if, if we count in all the uh, uh, the laborers and everything, it even goes up to around 50 people working on, on research. By the way, around research, we, we focus on three areas. Um, first one is around speech. Uh, we do a lot of transcription. We have state-of-the-art uh, transcription engines. The second topic is NLP, uh, natural language processing. That's another area that uh, uh, we excel at. And the last one is what we call data predictions, uh, analyzing and providing uh, forecasts and predictions or, uh, uh, based on historical data. So that's the, the research uh, and, and security. Then I have several uh, areas or groups focusing on engineering. Uh, they range from, uh, you know, platform and the core products, you know, we have sales application, that's one area. Uh, we also have a, a group focusing on, on what we call reality capture. We ingest a lot of data, we interact, integrate with a lot of external systems. That's essentially the essence of what we do here because in order to provide value, we need to be uh, based on an actual reality, on actual data. And we also have an insights group uh, that focuses on, on providing insights, you know, based on the data that, uh, that we ingest and the data we generate. And like with any other, uh, um, I'm sure, uh, engineering organization, we have an operations group, an ops group, and in it we have, you know, functions like uh, quality assurance, DevOps, program management, uh, L&D, learning and development, and other areas, uh, NOC, that's also part of the ops group. So that kind of comprises the the whole engineering. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's quite a large uh, workforce that enables us to, uh, to do a lot of stuff in parallel. Exactly. And are those kind of then group leaders of those group, they are kind of reporting for you. Exactly. 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 But then, hey, when when we are thinking about kind of scaling your team, like now almost 300 people, it means like hiring a lot of people. So kinda how, how does it work? Like if, if you start from kind of identifying who you need, for example, next on your team, like who who is typically the one that realized, hey, now we need this or this person? Is it the kind of group leaders that come up like, hey, now we are missing either some knowledge in our team or some resources in our team? Or how how does it typically start when you are kind of starting to hire new people? So so, so I think in order to answer that, first of all, we uh, I need to give you some sort of a a background on on the way that we you know that our teams are structured. So the smallest element that we have. Uh, is what we call, uh, we call it a pod. Um, some other teams might, uh, you know, some other companies may call it a squad, but we call it a pod. Uh, this pod is a unit which is focused on one product or one feature. Now, this unit is almost like, uh, you know, it's self-sustained. It has product manager, which is assigned just to this unit, a UX designer, 
assigned usually to just this one unit, and an engineering team which is you know heterogeneous in the sense that they have back end, front end, obviously a team lead. Sometimes they also have the mobile team. So this unit can focus on a feature or product and move very fast. Obviously, there are some dependencies with platform and dependencies cross group, and you know our platforms need to interact and play play nicely with each other, but you're able to move just this group with, you know, the product manager that is focused on just getting the right stuff in and, and being successful, that gives us a lot of power in moving things fast. We we have around 30 such groups within engineering that are really in parallel. It's just outstanding. It's mind-blowing as far as the ability to, uh, to manage this and also the ability to move fast. Now, usually what we do is that whenever we have, first of all, we try to staff these groups in a way that they are self-sustainable. So they need to have enough back-end engineers, enough front-end engineers, mobile if they need. So there's always, going back to your question, if they're not staffed enough, that they don't have the right level of, of people, then we need to make sure that we staff them in order for them to be successful. And then, you know, we're constantly innovating. We're constantly coming up with new features, new products. Now, what we try to do is not to, you know, uh, uh, add more and more content and load to existing pods. If we have a new feature that, that we need to work on, a new product, a new area, we create a new pod. And that means that, you know, we might take existing people from existing teams and then backfill them with people from, from uh, you know, new people. But we create a new pod with a new team lead and a new product manager. And, and, uh, uh, and that pod is assigned this new test. Now, this is, this is cool because, first of all, you know, it always creates a lot of innovation. There always, you know, constantly new stuff that is coming up. By the way, if there's a product that we believe it reached some sort of maturity, then we might mm. move the pod to work on something else. And in a way, this is how we keep on growing. You know, we have new features coming from product or coming from sales, go to market. We want to create a new pod, so we create a new pod. We build a team and then we staff it. We know exactly who we need to hire. And then we go and hire, and then we move on to the next team and the next team and the next team. And that gives us the ability, first of all, to work in parallel in a lot of stuff. And also, and this is very important for us, each unit, each pod is very focused. And there's almost like a startup mentality within each pod. Each person feels within the pod that, first of all, they're very critical to the success of that product. They're not lost in a large group. There's this pod. They get a lot of attention from the product manager, from the UX, from everyone who's involved. They also get this kind of, uh, um, you know, direct connection with, you know, the product, with the customers, with, you know, the field through the product manager. Now, we're very fortunate here at Gong that, you know, all our customers' uh, you know, conversations are recorded on Gong. So, so everyone within the pod can actually go and listen to all the conversations that the product manager and the UX are holding. So that creates this very tight-knit group, small group, that focuses, has a lot of, uh, you know, information from within. They work in, in, in unison and getting stuff done and they can, they can be very successful. Uh, does that answer your question? Yeah, I, I think it opens up the kind of structure, maybe a kind of follow-up question for that. Well, let's take an example that you are now starting to work in a new feature and you kind of build a new board around that one. And let's say that there are a few people from other boards or other functions bringing into that one. But then let's say you need two new persons to join that board 
you can't find those people inside of Gong and you need to kind of find those outside. Like who, who's responsible of that one? Is it the kind of board leader? Are they working with the recruitment team? Are you working with them? Or kind of who's taking sure you find those people? Completely. So, so it all starts from from the, the pod, you know, the from within the pod, the pod, the, the engineering manager would identify the missing, you know, the missing elements and 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 discuss it with the uh, the group manager. The group manager would bring it to me, and then obviously it, it, there's always a budget that we need to work with. We prioritize it um, with product management, so we work very very closely with product management. We prioritize the uh, the open recs, and then we we work together with talent acquisition to get that person hired. Uh, usually, there is you know uh, we have several profiles uh, you know profiles of back end and um, front end and, and based also on, on experience. Um, we also have a notion that you know you you are uh, uh, you're interviewing for a specific team, yes, uh, in the sense that uh, um, that you know. The hiring manager interviews you. You get to actually meet your manager and team as part of the interview process, but you're accepted to go. So this is very important for us. We try to keep a very high level of people, both on the technical capabilities, but also on the culture. If someone, you know, for some reason, you know, uh, um, is not a good fit for Gong and for that team, that person will not be hired by another team. So, so we want to retain some sort of level. We also want to have the ability to have internal mobility so people would move from one team to the other. So if for some reason we're not accepted to a team, it's not like you can now go and apply to another team. It's it's just something that we don't we don't allow because we don't believe in it. Interesting. Interesting. And regarding the kind of culture fit at least based on what I know about going to be following you for a couple of couple of years, a lot of your people on LinkedIn, and from that you get kind of some kind of perspective for the culture. But can you quickly share like what are the traits that you are looking when hiring people from the kind of culture uh, fit perspective? Yeah, that, that that's a great question, and and, it, and by the way, it's uh, you know it's 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 something that that it, it's very hard sometimes to uh, 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 to grasp. Um, because you know, it's how do you actually how do you actually evaluate culture in an interview? It's it's very hard to do that. But essentially, you know, we're looking for I think I think we're looking for uh, um, three major characteristics. So first of all, we need people that that uh, uh, that you know Joel Spolsky. I'm, I'm, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but but he has he has this epic. You know, article on on gorilla hiring, and he says that at the end of the day, when you're hiring someone, you should be, you know, you need to look for two things. And um, so I'll combine them in in the uh, uh, as far as to me, this is kind of capability. So he says that you need to look for someone who's smart and can get things done. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing we're looking for. We're looking for people who are smart, but are not theoretical, because at the end of the day, we need to get shit out. Okay, so we need someone to get get the work done. So that's. To me, this is the first characteristic, and and we can do it. You know, we have ways to uh, to test for that based on past experience, checking with reference. So that to me, this is as far as the technical capability, smart and getting the things done. The second thing is that, um, and again, mind my language, we we want people who are not assholes. Okay, mm. we want people who can who are actually nice people. You know, they can work in a team. Their egos, you know, are are reasonable. In the sense that mm-hmm. uh, that uh, you know, if they can contain them, we all have with us. 
that they mm-hmm. can contain them and they can actually, uh, you know, uh, work. By the way, this is Don is the uh, chief product officer. We share a room here again. <laughs> so, so that's part of the interview. That's live here. Um, so again, we want people that can work in teams that know that, you know, they want to be successful, but they want to be successful as a team. Going back to the operating principles, one of our most important principles is win as a team. And Team Gong is one of our leadership principles because you need to know that, you know, you're not here on your own. We have a higher goal that we need to uh, um, 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 to uh, to achieve. So that's the, mm-hmm. second, the second goal. And the last goal or the last characteristic I'm looking for is uh, people who are independent. One of the one of the major you know uh, uh, things that we believe here at Gawk is that you know is is independence and moving fast. And we trust mm-hmm. our employees. We trust our engineers. Uh, and there's a lot you know we're taking a lot of risk with this trust, but we we believe our employees. Um, and you know you need to have people who are first of all trustworthy. If someone is is completely careless. Uh, then it's some someone that uh, uh, will not, you know, will not stay long here at Gaul. But at the same time, we're looking for people who are not afraid to take risks, people who are independent, people who can trust themselves, people who are willing to move fast, and they don't need handhold. And when you combine the three together, you get people who are capable of doing things, who are smart, who can work in a team, and can get shit done. Um, and and this is what we need, especially when we work in the pop mentality, because. Everyone counts. This is, I think, and people feel it. You know, I think to some extent, this is something that we've been able to retain growing. You know, I joined here about three years ago when we were 30 people. Now we're around 300 people. Still, the essence is people feel the notion that they count. They can get, you know, they are the, uh, you know, they are critical for the success of their feature and in, 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 it, when you look at the bigger picture, the success of Gong as a whole. And that's great. That's what people want at the end of the day. Exactly. And I think those are going to create, great traits on, on people. Of course, I think there's always a challenge on like how to make sure that those are traits that are in the people. And you can do a lot of interviews. You can do a lot of different tasks on the, on the recruitment process. And it's, it's never perfect. And I, I can imagine that. Basically, every company is going through the fact that even though they know what kind of people they are looking for, even though they think that, hey, now we found a perfect fit, like every now and then there still will be people who actually aren't culture fit when they kind of start working in the company. Yeah, completely. I, 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 I agree. You know, at the end of the day, an interview process is, is something very artificial. You know, you're meeting someone and, you know, it, it's hard to know if that, if the, the persona that that person gave, you know, presented, if, if that is uh, that persona, that, you know, it's, you know, the, the, so there are several things that we do in order to uh, uh, minimize the, uh, the error. First is we have several interviews and, you know, we have several people meeting uh, each candidate, both on the HR perspective and also technical perspective. And we can buy that information. And we have this saying in Hebrew, when there's doubt, there's no doubt. Okay, so if we have a doubt, then we, we, we'd rather have a, you know, a false negative than have someone that later on is, is you know, is, is going to uh, not be a great fit. It could be, that person could be a great person, but not a good fit for the company. So that's the first thing we do. The second thing we do is, you know, we, we check with references. 
And obviously, you know, references, usually when, when the, the candidate is the one providing the references, um, it's, uh, is he's, he or she are preventing it. So, so they're people that can probably, uh, are not his greatest enemies. Uh, so, so, but we asked them and we try to ask, you know, tough questions about the person, try to, to, to assess, you know, is that person the right fit for the team? How is that person in stressful situation? Is, is that person someone that can actually get stuff done? Um, so that's the second thing that we do. Um, and in general, you know, we never compromise on what we call the HR interviews. Um, so even when you have technical interviews, we always have someone that, you know, comes with a lot of experience, more of a, you know, looking at this from a, uh, a, a human perspective. Uh, you know, even, you know, it's not, I, I wouldn't go as far as, as psychological perspective, but uh, our TAs, they have a lot of experience and we're trying to understand who that person is, you know, and the, the you know, what's driving that person? What are his passions? Um, why, you know, why she left her previous job? You know, what's, what's bugging her? And through that, you actually get to know the person and, um, you know, and, and, it works. It works. You know, we have very, you know, our attrition levels are, are quite low. Uh, thank God. And, uh, and, and we're able to filter them out. Uh, we might have along the way, uh, had to part ways, you know, as in the interview process with people that could have been a great fit, but that's, you know, that's part of the, uh, the process of ensuring that the people that do end up at Gong are, are, uh, you know, can create, can become team players and, and help us grow. That makes sense. That makes sense. You, you've been now, now at Gong almost three years, you mentioned growing from 30 people to 300 people. And I, I actually did a podcast interview with your CMO Udi, like roughly a year ago. And we talk about your kind of marketing, your brand renewal at that time, the brand renewal was mainly towards customers, but I, I think every time when you are building a company brand, whether it's towards customers or towards kind of employees, you cannot never kind of take those two away from each other, like employer branding, uh, company branding. But have you noticed if you compared, for example, your three years in Kong and kind of your previous places, like is hiring easier when you have a well-known brand? Of course, of course. Uh, uh, and by the way, this is something that... Uh, that that we pay a lot of attention to. By the way, we hired someone in Israel about a year ago, and she is focused just on employee branding, uh, just you know, mainly focusing on our ability to hype. So, so this is something that we're taking very seriously. You know, we even came up uh, recently with our EVP, uh, and uh, uh, you know, EVP as employee value proposition, kind of a slogan that we can use when we approach our custom our our potential candidates you know it's a uh um stalled impact and, and, and to some extent it's, it's what what we just talked about you own stuff because you're independent you need to own you solve stuff we trust you to solve stuff and then you create an impact so that's kind of the the, the, the wrong evp now you know i came prior to going i worked at akamai in akamai you know it's been around since uh, 1998 it's a much, it's a much more, uh, you know, no brand than go. Starting out um, is, uh, you know, as a new company, even even when you're successful, as long is hard, is hard because you know. And I'll share with you some of the hardships because, you know, 
the questions that we get is that Gong seems to be a great product, but engineers don't necessarily want to work. Uh, you know, what's appealing to them is not necessarily how great the product is. They're interested in how great the technology is. So one of the challenges that we have, and, and it's ongoing, is how do we actually expose the amazing technology that we're working on so people will be intrigued and excited to, uh, to check Gong as an opportunity? So this is constantly the balance that we have, and, and you know whether it's through meetups and blog posts and and you know creating awareness, and even even in the you know we talked about interviews, the interview process to me is one of the most important branding opportunities. Whether that person is you know uh, joins Gong, or whether that person decides not to join Gong, or we decide that that person is not a good fit for Gong, the interview process and the level of questions that we ask the the you know, the presence, the, the, the kind of the face that we present, both on, you know, how humane we are and how technically, you know, we're able to challenge that person uh, uh, contributes to the branding of God. So this is definitely something that, uh, that we constantly pay attention to. Obviously, as the years progressed, it has become easier for us because Long is, 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 uh, is more familiar. And, and you know, we, we've had more articles on, you know, on news, especially here in Israel, uh, you know, the CEO is aware of that, you know, we, we use the CEO, Amit, and Elon also to uh, uh, to make uh, a public uh, announcement. Uh, the CEO, even, I think it was about two years ago, even appeared on the, you know, on the news as part of, uh, you know, an, an, an article that they did on startups and, you know, hyper-growing, hyper-growth startups. All of that contributes to being aware. And, and when you create the brand, what we, we, we're paying attention to, uh, to three elements. The three elements are that we have, you know, amazing technology. And amazing technology, it's, you know, it's, it's uh, a state-of-the-art technology, both on, you know, on AI and practical AI, not doing AI just, you know, for the sake of it. AI that is actually using the product and also some amazing, you know, technological challenges as far as scale, uh, how we handle data, processing, AI at scale. So that's the first element. The second element is the people. We have great people. It's a great team. A lot of responsibility that is given to each person. So that's kind of our second trait. And third, and definitely not least, is an amazing product. We want to be part of the product that the customers love. You know, being part of a product that the customers love is always great. And I'll tell you an anecdote. You know, I've been in cybersecurity before long. I was in cybersecurity for about 12 years. Uh, and before that, I've been with previous, you know, in, in other areas like insurance and, you know, optimization, mobile optimization and, and all of that. And, you know, Gong and the product in Gong is the first product that is so intuitive that my mother actually, for the first time, understands what I do. And, you know, being able to do that, that's also very cool. So, you know, employees love that and, and. We're finding it easier to attract employees, but it's always a bad. Yeah. And I think kind of EVP is something that I've lately heard a lot of companies kind of developing. So the employee value proposition, and I think at the same time, it is a good thing, but there is kind of one, I think, maybe challenge that a lot of companies don't think that much. So for example, let's say Kong, uh, as a product, you, of course, you have a kind of value proposition of the product for your customers. But typically, the value proposition is a bit different depending who's the buyer. So whether it's a founder or head of sales or head of marketing, the value proposition is a bit 
different. And kind of when we are talking about hiring, uh, companies need to kind of remember that actually your EVP should be a bit different because most likely those tech persons are motivated by different things than, for example, salesperson joining Kong. So I, I think it's kind of really finding the balance between that. I think there can be kind of that high level that goes for everyone that we are hiring. But if we really think about the kind of motivational factors, why kind of different people are are changing workplaces, they are typically a bit bit different for kind of different roles. I, I agree. And, and, you know, we, we spent, you know, Romy, who is in charge of our marketing, you know, kind of uh, marketing for, uh, for, for uh, you know, for branding for, for the, uh, for the Israeli side, she reports into Udi, who you mentioned before, you know, I think she spent, you know, over three months just working on the EVP. And, you know, we came up with own sold impact. Uh, that's the gold code. And, you know, we, we, we debated, you know, because everyone has great technology. So it should be said, it should be say Gong has the most amazing technology. That should be our EVP. Or, you know, a lot of companies claim that they have amazing AI that they actually bring to you. So should we say, you know, take AI to the next level? Is that our, our, our proposition? And at the end of the day, we came up with something that I think reflects on our culture and can actually be a starting point for a discussion. Because when you talk about own soul impact, and this is how we treat, this is how we actually approach, this is how we hire employees, and that applies to whether you're in engineering, research, product management, security. You know, it's all about you. It's all about you making an impact. It's all about you owning and solving. And, you know, from that, the discussion can actually, uh, you know, uh, expand into technology, into AI, into how we manage projects, into how we manage engineering. And it's the basis for how we approach, you know, our day-to-day, uh, uh, you know, work. And yeah, obviously you can, you can think of many ways, but I think it captures the essence of the GOM culture. And to me, this is why, you know, it's, uh, I was very happy with the, uh, the final solution that we came up And that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you got a lot of good ideas about SaaS talent acquisition. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to share it on your social so others can hear it too. And if you have a topic in mind that you would like me to cover in this podcast, share it with me as well. I'm Samuli, CEO and co-founder in Talently, where we help fast-growing SaaS companies in their talent acquisition. Make sure to follow us, make sure to follow this podcast and have an awesome week. Bye-bye.